This is Hacker Public Radio, and today you will hear two interviews with Laura Creighton and Armin Rigo. You'll get a really unique perspective of Richard Stallman, as well as of the Pi Pi project. Enjoy. Hi everyone, I am CT. In this show you will get the chance to listen to two interviews from FSCons 2011. Yeah, a bit old, but still very relevant. I hope you all remember and listen to, of course, HPR episode 1116, which was a POCUS interview with Richard Stallman. It was released on the 12th of November 2012. It's a really great interview, and you'll get some additional information today. You see, we start out with my interview with Laura Creighton, who led the keynote interview with Richard Stallman on the second day of the FSCon's conference. I am a bit harsh in the interview regarding Mr. Stallman based on early experience, but I got set straight by Laura. My bad. And if I pick some information from the FSCons.org webpage... We can see that Laura Creighton has 20 years' experience in software training and human factors engineering. She is a founder of ABstract and a founder and treasurer of the Python Business Forum, an international non-profit trade association for businesses which develop in Python. And she does talk a bit about Python. And more so, the next person I interview, Mr. Armin Rigo. I'm trying to get the R's right. The PyPy webpage tells us that Armin Rigo is a researcher of the Heinrich Hein Universität Düsseldorf in Germany. He studied mathematics at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland. He obtained his PhD in logic and set theory at the Free University of Brussels in Belgium in 2002 and worked at the University of Southampton in the UK until 2005. He is the author of Psycho, the first just-in-time compiler for Python. He is one of the founders and lead developers of the PyPy project, which began in 03. He has taken part in all areas, from the Python language definition to the R Python translation framework, including the garbage collector and the tracing just-in-time compiler. And hopefully some of you understood that. I didn't. But he is a brilliant man, and both... Him and Laura are fascinating people to listen to, so let's get started with the interviews. Hello, my name is Laura Creighton, and I live here in Göteborg, Sweden. And I've been coming to FSCons, and I have friends who are organizers of this, but for this particular con conference, I came here to do two things, uh, besides connect with friends and see what people have been doing for, for, since last year and things like that. The first was to interview Richard Stallman, which I did yesterday, and the second was to present PyPy, which is my project. And since the time when I arranged to present PyPy, and now the um, um, chief developer of PyPy, Armin Rigo, showed up, and so we, um, we let him do the presentation instead of me. But I was there to cheer him on and actually add a little bit of detail. So you actually interviewed Richard Stallman, and I, I watched this, of course. Yes. So you're one of the few people who have actually had an interaction with Richard Stallman without getting your head chewed off. Uh, how, how was it? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> it was just fine, but you have to understand that I've known Richard for 30 years now, 
and uh, there was a time when the movement was new that he came out to San Francisco and stayed in the same house I was living in with John Gilmore and a whole bunch of other hackers. So we go back a rather long time. And I think Richard actually trusts me, which I think makes a rather, a rather good difference. On the other hand, I may just have gotten lucky. I mean, Richard was in a good mood. You, you know, I don't want to take credit for, for more of that. On the other hand, Richard was staying in my house so that I have comfortable beds makes Richard in a good mood. Maybe I can take a tiny bit of credit here, but I, uh, but I, but I wouldn't put too much into it. I think Richard was relaxed and had a good time, and I think he had a good time because the conference was well organized, the organizers were terrific, and everything around here worked properly. When Richard is stressed, Richard lashes out at people, but when Richard is not stressed, Richard is actually an extremely reasonable person to get along with, and uh, he, he cares about people, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to be mean to people, so, uh, so I think uh, it worked out well because... A joint effort of all the organizers to make a really supportive environment where Richard could feel at home, which uh, which is good, because he's very entertaining and he's a lot of important things to say. Absolutely. He's very entertaining, and as you said, a lot of the things he say, the messages... Uh, it shows that he really does it because he cares about people. Yes. He, he has uh, this mission because he wants the world to get better. And it was a relaxed and kind <laughs> Stallman we saw yesterday. I saw him back in '06, I think it was, when he was here. And he wasn't that happy then. <laughs> so that might have colored my impression. So n- nothing, have- no ill will about Richard Stallman. That's not no, what I meant. But uh, the other thing to remember is that for those of us who are seeing him, we see a Richard Stallman event maybe once in our lives or once every decade or once every three years. But Richard really is a rock star without a musical instrument who is on tour all the time. And, you know... If you're a professional performing musician, you know some nights you're hot, and some nights you're not. (laughs) So it may be on 2006 we got a we got a particular not. But uh, (laughs) but uh, that's uh, the luck of the draw, rather than a reflection on Richard as a person. Though uh, he seems a lot happier than he did, um, I don't know, in 2006, but in 2002 he didn't seem all that happy to be. <laughs> so, but you know, I, you know, judgments on four days of being with, with, with somebody no, are not to be true. taken too seriously either. You're, but, right. Uh, You're right. But he seems happier, and that pleases me. Great, great. So you said your thing is really Python? Yes. Well, uh, the project that uh, I didn't present about is called PyPy. And it is a um, Python and Python uh, interpreter, and um, the you can look you can look us up. I mean, if you Google for PyPy, you'll find us and we have this. the The short capsules summary of of why you would be interested in PyPy is that we're really, 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 really fast. And uh, Python has a reputation of being slow. All dynamic languages have a mm-hmm. reputation of being slow, sure. and it's undeserved. Um, for purely numeric things and stuff like that, we're approaching the speed of C. For the general average Python program, we have a whole series of benchmarks. If you look at speed.pypy.org, you will find all of the benchmarks. Most of them are, a lot of them are driven by the Unladen Swallow project, which produced a set of benchmarks, and then we have a whole bunch of other benchmarks. Our benchmarks are not 
mm, synthetic things uh, like the computer language shootout, but they're based on real Python programs. We have a twisted benchmark, which is, talks about twisted connections. We have a Django benchmark, which is rendering of a huge table of completing elements and things like that. So we're trying to measure the performance of real Python programs as opposed to mathematical ones. And we're about five times faster than, than, than Python for sort of what we consider the standard job. And if you're, the more mathematical you are, the better you are. I mean, we can do, we're getting to the point where we can do real-time video processing, which, is, which would mean we'd be 350 to 600 times faster than right. C Python for that kind of job. If you have something that vectorizes nicely, we'll speed it up nicely for you. Wonderful. Great. So um, that's what I came, and we, we, did, <laughs> we did nice. If, um, all of this is recorded, so you can look at the talks, and we, you will see the demos of how much faster yeah. we are and things like this. And talking about speed is not nearly as much fun as showing the speed, so I suggest people just who are interested should just go look up. And the other thing I want to let people know is if they're interested, if you're hearing this for the first time and thought, hmm, dynamic languages speed up, it's not just for Python. It's a framework for speeding up any dynamic language. We've sped up uh, Smalltalk, we've sped up Prolog, we've taken Game Boy Assembler, and we've sped that up, and so we have a really fast one. Those are people working on stuff for other languages. So if you have your favorite slow dynamic language, you might consider um, just writing an interpreter for it in a restricted version of Python. And then you'd get our garbage collection and our JIT and our coroutine right. strategies and everything else for free. So it would be, if I mean, if, if having a speed problem is a problem for you in some other dynamic language, do check us out because we may be the, the quickest way you have to get out of this particular problem. And we'd love to have more developers. I mean, we're, we're an open source project. You find us on the PyPy channel and Freenode and, the, you know, we have sprints all over the... Mostly all over Europe. We sometimes have them in the United States associated with, with PyCon, but mostly in Europe. Every, you know, 12 weeks or 18 weeks or something like that, we'll meet for a week, all hack together, teach new people all sorts of stuff like this. So, you know, if you're interested, if this sort of thing interests you, we'd be very interested in meeting you and getting you involved and doing this sort of stuff. And, um, and if you think, oh, this is big and scary stuff and things like this, don't, doesn't matter. Come. We're actually not all that frightening. We actually <laughs> like teaching people and things like that. So. Wonderful. That, that, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. You, this, you, should, you should go off and interview Armin Rigo and get a more technical summation of what's going on from him. And I might just do that. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. And that's exactly what I did. So, now I'm once more just outside the toilet here at FSCons, the one quiet spot in the whole place. And I am here with a very interesting and, as I've been told, a brilliant person. And... I'm just going to ask you, who are you and what are you doing here? I'm Armin Rigaud, and I'm here, well, I'm here to present uh, my project, which is PyPy, which is a Python interpreter. So it is just an alternative Python interpreter. 
and its main point is that it is fast. It is fast while still being compatible with the standard Python. I, I'm very sorry to say, but I actually missed your presentation. But a friend of mine went and he told me about it. Mm -hmm. And he said that uh, he had had a look at PyPy before and he had ruled it out. That's not interesting for me. And when he heard you, he was just up in flames. He said, this is really interesting. It doesn't actually work for, for my specific use case, but it's really interesting. And I'm glad I get to, n get to know about this. Uh, I guess that was what, what you were after with your presentation. Who, what is the use case? Who would actually like to start using PyPy? Okay, so um, what is the use case? I mean, at first, well, I can, I, can, I can try to explain to you the kind of demo that I did in my talk. The most impressive one is... A video image processor mm -hmm. doing a Sobel transformation, if, you, if that rings any bell, over a video in real time. And that's written in pure Python. And, well, it's a process that takes about 15 seconds per frame when you run it on top of CPython. And when you run it on PyPy, well, you get 20 frames per second. So you get an incredible speed up, basically. It opens the door to to an incredible number of domains, basically. So the, what we are trying to achieve in PyPy is, is simply to spread the usage of Python, basically. Um, I mean, in the sense that I'm assuming here that you're already a Python hacker. Sure. But okay. who isn't? Yes, exactly. Most people are, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> okay. So, so in, in your job, for example, what you might do is write a prototype of your program in Python just because it's so much easier to write it in Python than in C, for example. Then you, you write your prototype and then, well, it, it kind of works. It's just far too slow for any real use so you're going to rewrite it I mean either all of it or parts of it depending you're going to rewrite it in C or, or C++ or Java yes. I don't know so what you are aiming for is to get rid of this last part I mean exactly. not in all cases obviously but for at least half the cases so, so the, our goal is really just to provide, well, I mean, our meta goal, if you want, is just to prove that the speed of a language is not an inherent property of the language oh. in the sense that you can have a very nice and high-level language like, for example, Python, and it still runs fast, given, given enough efforts. And, and in the PyPy project, well, the PyPy project exists since a long time and we, we invested a lot of effort in it. And you're really revolutionizing the old held belief that the scripting languages and, and, and such are slow not, and not that good and not suited for many jobs. But you said, as you said, you, you have invested a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, I heard that you might have a problem with Python 3. Ah, uh, no, I mean, not a problem per se. The fact is simply that we are running late, simply. 
All right. So, so in the sense that right now we are still running Python 2.7, but it's just a matter of time before before we make the jump to Python 3. All right. Python is known to be a language that is easy on the beginners. You can actually get results quite quickly, and it's logical. You you usually get it quite fast. How is ordinary Python compared to PyPy? Is it a larger threshold to get into the feel of it? No, not at all, because it's still exactly the same Python. Basically, the PyPy interpreter is here to run your existing unmodified Python code. All right. So if you are already uh, in possession of a, of a great Python project, you can actually just run it through PyPy and it works? Yes, mostly. <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the, the Python part will most likely just work, yes. Where you will run into issues are issues like the C Python C extension modules that you use that may or may not work in PyPy. I mean, we have some support for C extension module, but it's not not complete and will never be probably absolutely complete. It, so 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 well. Any big project trying to just switch from Python to PyPy will run into these issues, definitely. Python is not that old of a language, and uh, it is being actively developed, as many others are, of course, but how do you collaborate with those trying to extend and further the advancement of Python? Do, do you have any connection with them? Do you have anything to say about like the new things in Python 3 and such? Is your voice heard? Well, to some extent we are not into the business of defining the language, which means that we are fine with however they decide to extend the language. That's one point of view. (coughs) That's one possible answer. I mean, the fact is that I, myself, and others of the PyPy project are also members of the Python Software Foundation, for example. Right. So we are sitting on both sides, and it's it's a very friendly collaboration, I suppose. The, the point is that in PyPy we don't include any language change. We just want to be compatible. However, the language evolves, well, we are running behind to catch it, basically. <laughs> but, that, but that's fine, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, do you have... Um, anything you would like to plug? Uh, a web page, or do you need help from uh, the community? Are there a need of hackers, or do you want people to use the project? Uh, what would you like to advertise to our listeners? Well, I suppose that if I can do a plug, the fact is that right now we have we are collecting funds for in three different areas, developing NumPy. The development of Python, two, Python 3 in PyPy. And, well, the third is just general PyPy stuff. Right. So if you cannot or don't want to actually contribute code or something, then, then you can just contribute your $5. Uh, appreciated. Great. And that is the free and open source way. Yes. So where does people go to contribute in any way? 
Ah, um, it is on PyPy.org. Splendid. Thank you very much for giving me this interview, and good luck in the future. Thank you. So, a Python in, Python interpreter. We're really, 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 really fast. I met up with Armin a few weeks ago at FSCon's 2012 and asked if he would like to add anything about what's happened in the last year with the project, but he declined and said that they have gotten even faster and has been making good progress, but nothing sexy enough to talk about. So this is really something to look into if you work with Python or other high-level languages. I will leave links to most of these resources mentioned in the show notes as per usual. If you want to follow me in my podcast, All in IT Radio, you really should. You find me on Identica and Twitter as at Altinomiti, A-L-L-T-I-N-O-M-I-T. You find All in IT Radio on Google+, and you find, of course, our podcasts at AIIT.se slash radio. This is CT signing off. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.